Hey, Danger Dangers here with a quick announcement. The nomination window for the 2024 Crit Awards closes on May 31st, and it would mean the world to us to have your help getting on the ballot. A link to the nomination form, as well as a document with some of our suggested responses, is in the episode description. But that being said, please feel free to vote for whichever shows you are most passionate about. Thank you for listening, and now, back to the show. Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure real play podcast loosely based on mechanics from Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dangers, and I'm your host slash Crypt Keeper. Hello, hello, I am... Aaron, I play the Phantom of the Opera, our bard. Last session, Phantom was going hero mode, running off on his own, attempting to lure Larry in wolf form to the uh, Sister Sycorax because I was like 90% sure it was going to go great and there were going to be no complications. And it was my plan that was working <laughs> and not her plan that was working. <laughs> and I'm feeling a little less confident at this point. <laughs> What? I'm Grayson. I play Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, the party's rogue, and what he sees is usually what he assumes is fact. But when he sees hallucinations <laughs> happening and he feels really good and he just like rubs a hat all over him and stuff like that, like he's just kind of like, you know what? This is reality. <laughs> And uh, he almost signed a contract, and thank God Emotep interceded. He snagged Larry's cane and then bolted off towards Sister Sycorax. And then, um, of course, right before that, he got downloaded with a whole bunch of info from Maleva, finding out that the wolf is uh, really important to kind of keep around so that way all of reality doesn't get destroyed. Hi, I'm Jordan, and I play the wolf a wolf-human hybrid for Zerker. And last time, I awoke to find all of Larry's compatriots surrounding him in the woods. And my only goal is to consume them. Because, you know, Larry seems to really care about his friends here. No, he doesn't. And what... <laughs> and what better way to never be without those you care for than to consume them? Because eventually, in the end, Larry too will be consumed, and what a wonderful way to stay together forever. But, hi, I'm Jordan, and I also play Larry Talbot, the lycanthropic warlock, Whoa! who is back, kind of. And he wasn't really a factor last time, because he was taken over by his werewolf half and was kind of out of commission. So we'll see sort of what he gets up to today, where we find him in his unconscious state. And with that, let's get weird. We should probably start with Jack. You find yourself now in the realm of Sycorax's dreams. And as you flew into the bag of sand, broomstick first, you suddenly land in your old science lab. So Grayson, I want you to describe to me what that looks like. Okay, fantastic. Jack lands in his lab and 
He's looking around a little bit perplexed because from what he sees, he sees like a bunch of chemistry sets and a big old chalkboard. And it's got a whole bunch of different equations, some scribblings, and it's, it's a little chaotic, but to him, it's organized chaos. And he is looking around at this moment and trying to figure out what was the last thing that he remembers because him being in his old lab is something that he never expected to see again because last time he left this lab it was essentially being tossed and he was removed from the premises because he was regarded as a failure go ahead and make a perception roll already uh it's a 10. so with a 10 as you are looking around this laboratory you happen to walk past a standing mirror and you catch out of the corner of your eye the reflection of your normal, visible self. I'm staring at this mirror, just kind of astounded. And when I'm looking in the mirror, I'm kind of tracing my own features. And I'm kind of looking down at myself, noticing that I'm not wearing my trench coat. I'm wearing my lab coat and almost like a bit of a half suit with... A uh, very slim tie, loose around the neck, very loose loafers. His pants are a little baggy. Everything's a little disheveled on him. His hair's kind of messy. Um, just keeps staring at the mirror and he's tracing his features and realizing that it's a mirror. And the last time he saw a mirror, <laughs> he's like, he backs up a little bit and gets away from the mirror so that way he can't see anything because now he's under the impression that this is another one of those tricks. So now he's kind of hiding from his reflection because he's not used to seeing it. And he's looking at the framing of the mirror. He's looking at the way everything was made and he's looking for any markings, anything that he can possibly discover that is unusual about this mirror or if it was the same mirror that he had in his lab. As you're looking at this mirror, it appears in every way, shape, and form to be a normal, run-of-the-mill mirror. And you hear a click behind you, and a door swings open. A lab assistant walks in and is looking a little bit confused, kind of gesturing to see if you're okay. And as it starts to speak, some of the words come out a little bit, like, muffled and warbled. Are you okay, Dr. Griffin? Is everything all right? Uh, he whirls around in utter surprise and sees the previous lab assistant that was, or the last one that he remembers. And things start to kind of trigger and things start to make a little bit more sense because the last thing that he kind of remembers is that he was on a flying broom. And now he's kind of wondering, was I asleep? Was that a dream? Was that he looks at them and like waves his hand as almost dismissal and just tells them to go away. And then he starts sifting through all his paperwork, starts looking through everything and anything, trying to see if the last thing it was that he remembers writing down. As you dismiss and chew away the lab assistant, they take a step back and then a couple steps closer and say, your acceptance speech is in five minutes. The Nobel Peace Prize is waiting for you. He stops and kind of just stares at the lab assistant and just says, thank you, now please go away. As the lab assistant gets slightly closer to you, you will take two damage. 
Okay. And roll a perception check. 20. Oh, perceptive boy. <laughs> With a 20, you take a few steps back and you kind of see in the reflection of the mirror, you see the reflection of your living self and you see where you should see a reflection of this lab assistant, a ghostly ethereal body that is reaching a claw out towards you. I'm not trusting what I see. I'm looking for anything that's on me now. And I'm, of course, backing up as far as I can away from them. You do have all of your gear on you. So with that, I'm going to look for a window and tell them they need to leave because I need to prep myself for the for the speech. A look of relief kind of passes over the assistant. I'm glad to hear that. You're on stage imminently. We need to get rid of all distractions. You look over your shoulder and they are at the window, closing the blinds and locking it. You look back to the door and they are at the door. They are just suddenly there as you look and change your perspective. Okay. Shoot. Uh, I'm going to simply run past them and try and map out what I remember about this area. As you run out past the door, you are suddenly at a lecture hall. You are approaching a podium and there is a spotlight on you as basically a presenter is holding an award and slowly making their way towards you. I'm gonna grab my goggles. I wanna lower them down to see if I can catch the uh, reflection of the individual that's walking towards me to see if I can see if they're a specter or anything like that. Uh, make an insight check with advantage. Okay. Ooh, that's a natural 20. Woo, all right. With a nat 20, same thing happens. You see that the person approaching you is a ghostly specter. And as they're approaching you, the world around you kind of melts away. And you look down at yourself and see you are invisible and bandaged once again, wearing your trench coat with everything at your sides. You feel the weight of two hats upon your head. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and you see as the building kind of disappears around you, you're on a stony island that is made of translucent quartz that is floating in the middle of an astral sea. And as you look around you, you see some nebulas, you see stars, you see uh, gaseous clouds. To your north, your south, and your east, there are archways leading off to what seem to be nowhere. They kind of trail off. They lose opacity as they're going through. The specters are gone and you are alone. This seems a little bit more right. <laughs> Jack's going to uh, shakily walk to the north passageway, hold on to the base of the gate, and peer what he thinks is over the edge and see if these gates possibly lead anywhere. And as you look over the edge, you see where this archway is. The island ends and it drops off basically forever. Oh, <laughs> he'll uh, he'll pull his head back and kind of straighten up and just take a deep breath. Ah, <sighs> okay. I've uh, I've got a broom. I'm in uh, a, uh, an empty space. I'm on a floating island. Now I need to find Larry. And I need to find that cure. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm going to try this. Um, <laughs> he's going to ignore the extra weight that's on his head at the moment because he needs to check and see if he can move from potential island to potential island. And he's going to jump on the broom and uh, take a flying leap. 
Yay! First of all, roll animal handling, and then tell me exactly which direction you are going. Are you going through the archway or off the side? I'm going through the archway to the north. That is a six. <laughs> With a six, as you get on the broom, it lifts up, moves forward, and immediately goes down. Okay, Whoa. I'm pulling up on this thing as hard as I can and just kind of hoping that things will happen. You move about five feet forward as it starts to go down and immediately feel your feet hit the ground. Ow. Oh. And you are on a completely different island now. Oh. You're on a smaller island, still kind of within this same astral sea. As you look down at your feet, there are a couple of rune circles, like kind of etched in the ground beneath you, and a large diamond shimmering with a blue light. Every time you take a step to look at it from a different angle, you see different reflections holographically projecting themselves out. And you see the same kind of landscape that you're in from a bunch of different angles as you keep adjusting how you are looking at this diamond. And with that, let's go ahead and jump to the Phantom. Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> so Phantom, having basically made your leap into this dream realm, you kind of pull yourself up out of the sand of a beach. And as you're looking around, you see a carnival-like setup. Describe your surroundings a little bit. There is a boardwalk that is rotted and creaking and falling into the sea and a bent and warped Ferris wheel over on like one end of it, torn to shreds, boots and tents, including like a Nathan's hot dog sign <laughs> snapped in half. Everything's destroyed. There is a spotlight from nowhere in particular landing on Phantom and in sort of like a circle around him. And we're in that circle of light. Everything's perfect and an exact normal, bright, sunny day at Coney Island. <laughs> Editor Dan here. In case you're not one of the three people who get what we're referencing here, this is a reference to Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical sequel to Phantom of the Opera, Love Never Dies. A musical that takes place in Coney Island and ends, no joke, with the Phantom negotiating a hostage crisis at gunpoint. I'm not making this up. Here's the actual audio. Give me the gun. <laughs> yes, it is exactly as absurd as it sounds. Back to the episode. <laughs> uh, so within that circle, all the like tents will look perfectly fine and be operated by a person. And like if it casts over through the Ferris wheel, it will be operating and in a state of repair. On one end, right before the crumbling into the sea, is going to be a gramophone scratchily playing uh, on a skipping loop a few notes of the aria uh, Il Dolce Suono in Christine's voice. And the gramophone will have like Christine's operatic dress on it as if it's wearing it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it will be a weird kind of like robotic behaving Christine in the spotlight light. The gramophone Christine robot. <laughs> starts to swivel away from you and make its way towards what almost looks like a circus tent, but with a grand facade over it. Describe this facade. Ooh, it will have two giant cardboard figures wearing Commedia dell'arte masks. One of them will be in like a pinstripe jumper, arms outstretched, very happy looking with an Arlecchino mask. 
And then the other one is going to look not sad, so not like a Greek tragedy setup, but angry and will have a long beak-like pantalone mask and be wearing elaborate robes. And it will have one arm up pointing a cane at the Arlecchino one, and those form like a proscenium, Arlecchino's hand gesturing up and the cane. That's cool. the top. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you are on the other side of that makeshift proscenium. And you find yourself elevated in the rafters overlooking the Central Circus three-ring stage. And there's a performance going on beneath you that is helmed by this gramophone Christine robot and a couple of other background performers and dancers. There's one dancer in particular that you can tell is clearly putting in more effort than the others, but has less skill and is kind of tripping over her own feet, but managing to pull herself together and keep the performance going, while this gramophone Christine bot runs circles around the lot of them. Oh god, this is- here we go. <laughs> uh, can I call for the whole performance to just stop? Please do. Ooh. I hop down from the rafters and land like on the front of the stage. As you jump down from the rafters, it is like a 50-foot drop. And within like a second, you are on the ground as though it was just a short hop. Interesting. Also, I should have gauged that before I jumped for sure. But this is how <laughs> art works. I will point at the unskillful hack and I will just turn to the audience and I will demand that somebody remove her from the tent and if possible, submerge her in the lake outside. Oh my God. <laughs> and as crap. you do, the other performers start to advance on her. As one or two begin to pass you, you will take three damage. Oh, no. And this one performer, seeing everyone kind of surround her, makes a mad dash at the Christine gramophone robot. I'm going to regret this. And pulls out a gun. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> oh, no, you're not. <laughs> Can I take a guess at what this performer's name is? You already know. Uh, as obviously this woman runs with a gun, I would like to reach out one hand, look her dead in her spectral eyes and say, give me the gun, Meg. Yes! Oh my God. Inspiration. And we've won D and Dark. We can go home, everyone. That's what we've been here for. <laughs> Roll credits. This is the end That's of the show. It. That's all we needed. <laughs> oh my God. I got to text a friend of mine. <laughs> so as you say that, she looks at you with a conflicted look on her face and she holds the gun pointed back and forth between you and the Christine bot. As the other performers begin to reach out and grab around her, she fires. I'm going to just roll a d20 to see what happens. That is a six... So she fires and hits nothing. It just kind of bounces off of a couple of support pipes and then just kind of drops down to the ground, having lost its explosive momentum. You aim as well as you act, Meg. <laughs> and in defeat, she slumps down, oh my God. drops the gun, and is dragged away. I would like to pick up the gun. Of course. Add to your inventory. Your yes. reward. <laughs> a fucking gun. And you have to write down a fucking gun. <laughs> oh, you know for a fact that I did. <laughs> <laughs> and roll insight. All righty. Ooh, and haha. -ha. 
I get to actually roll a real physical dice. Thank you, DM. Yay! Oh my god. Crying. 16. With a 16, this Christine bot jerkily, shakily makes its way towards you. You can see as you're putting away the gun (laughs) that something is amiss here and everything starts to change around you. You are now suddenly in performance mode. The Christine bot is dancing around you and you catch in fleeting glimpses. She casts no shadow and you get the faint sense that she is not what she appears to be. Christine, darling, I was wondering if you would indulge me for a duet. Would you sing the opposing part of Vi Divorced with me? I want to hear Dan sing. <laughs> Let me look up that song real quick. <laughs> you just see the gramophone just switch out records. I'm pretty sure it's in German or Austrian, so I also don't know how to sing it. That's, 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 not, the point. <laughs> that's not the point here. It's a dream. You start to hear that part of the song, and it is muffled and warbly. Uh, but is she doing it well? Let me roll a d20. Yes, it's it's very good. She rolled a 16. Fantastic. I would like to take out the gun and shoot uh, Christine <laughs> by. Christine's a soprano, and that is a mezzo aria. <gasps> okay. <laughs> The Christine bot is dead. Yeah. And the world begins to kind of melt around you. And as you look around, you see that you are on one of these islands of floating quartz within an astral sea, seeing gaseous clouds around you, seeing nebulas, stars, and the void surrounding you. And to your north, there is an archway that extends off into nothingness. Christine would have made such a good mezzo. What a shame. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Larry, I'm coming for you, and I'm going to walk pretty confidently through the arch towards the edge to at least look at other stuff. As you look through, the air around you starts to feel gelatinous, and everything kind of slows down as you're turning your head back and forth. You see nothing in basically all directions, and there appears to be a bottomless void beneath you. But again, everything's kind of losing opacity as you are looking through this archway. Sycorax, you want to help me out here? And you hear, as you say that, you hear a cackle echoing and reverberating from all around you. You see off to the side, there is one much larger island of quartz and a 50 foot tall visage of this witch with claws that wrap around the base of the island. She leans over the island towards you. <laughs> a little lost. Yeah. <clears throat> Looking for uh, the human half of Larry, if you don't mind. The Christine bot was a sloppy trick. No, no tricks here. Yeah. Just, Just showing you what it is you want to see. So, uh, you're going to point me towards Larry then. The specific thing I wanted to see. The way towards your friend Lawrence is not a straight path. And there's a lot of variables that can fall into place there. I would suggest starting by moving forward. I will take that under advisement. I have a question for you. Is there gravity in between these islands? Is there gravity in your dreams? I don't remember. Well, I'll go through the arch then. (laughs) 
later. <laughs> As you step through the archway, bringing your foot down onto nothingness, a couple inches lower down than would be comfortable, your foot hits down onto solid ground, and you find yourself on another island junction point. There's another archway to your north, one to your east, and one to your west. And as you start to step into this island, the world around you begins to shift and change a little bit. Oh, shit. And you feel yourself getting pulled into a different dream. But first, let's jump to Larry. It's me. <laughs> Good luck, Larry. <laughs> can't wait all right so larry talbot mm -hmm. you find yourself in your antique shop Aww. describe the setting well it's a very um quaint antique shop some people confuse it more for a thrift store but it is an antique shop it's very small and cozy and and just a bunch of knickknacks everywhere Larry would find himself restocking or relabeling some shelves in the store here. And within this store, there's a couple of other figures. There is uh, one kind of overseeing everything, sitting on the back on a stool, and another that is a couple rows down, stocking a few other shelves. Describe both of these individuals. So the one overseeing the store is Harold, and he's just a grumpy old man, but he keeps to himself. He barely realizes we're here. And then. As Larry's stocking the shelves, he's putting on, there's a little glass jar he's going to put up on the shelf, a little glass orb, a couple candles, a handkerchief, and then some pictures he's going to put on the shelf. And he looks at some of the pictures and kind of in that dream way, they're a little blurry and he can't quite see the faces. And as he's doing that, he kind of takes a little lean around the shelf and he sees in front of him he sees Gwen, and as soon as his eyes hit her, he's just overwhelmed with happiness and emotion, and he's like, well, of course she'd be here, and, and he's going to go and walk over to his best friend. And with a smile from the ladder where she is restocking a high shelf, she hands down to you a handful of coins. How many coins have you gotten from your card so far? In my total inventory, I have 38 coins, but I think I've gathered four from my cards. And she hands you four coins that plop down into your hand. And I look at them, and they're very familiar in my mind, but in the same way of the pictures, they just, they don't really solidify for me. But I, I just kind of look up at her and I smile and... I, I don't know if in this dream world we're able to have a conversation, but he's just so happy. He hasn't felt this safe and comfortable in a while. And it's just, you know what? Screw it. I know I'm probably going to take damage, but he's, uh, he won't care. He's just going to pull her into a hug and just, and he's just going to hug her tight because he misses her so damn much. You... Don't take any damage. This one's different. No? This one's different. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, then he just has a really nice hug with, with an old friend. You hear the muffled kind of underwatery voice of Harold from the back saying, Mr. Box. Oh. And oh. he slides forward on the end table 
a leather locked box. Oh, uh, I'll get that. And I run over there and I, I go and I grab the, the locked box. And the lock with dream logic just kind of like pops off mm -hmm. and clatters down to the floor by your feet. Um, I think I would just, out of curiosity, just open the box. I'm going to regret this. <laughs> but you open the box and there's a fucking gun. <laughs> Adding to my inventory. Fucking gun. <laughs> Should have picked a character that canonically got a gun, Grayson. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Larry's gonna <laughs> look in this leather box and see a gun and go, oh, okay. I didn't know we sold these, but I guess I'll find a spot for it somewhere. As I take it to a shelf and put it down, can I look to see if it's loaded? Gun safety. You open it up and it is not loaded. Okay. <laughs> How much is it? It is... Because uh... Larry's not going to steal from the store he works at, but he very often wastes all his paycheck on just buying stuff at the store. I think Larry's the reason why the store <laughs> stays just out of the red. <laughs> 60 gold. Can I look in my dream pockets for additional gold and buy my dream gun? Uh, you sift around through your pockets and find 60 gold. Awesome. Larry's going to be like, all right, Harold, I'm going to take this one home too. It's kind of weird looking. As you drop the coins on the counter, Harold uncharacteristically drops his grumpy expression for a second to give you a little smile. Ugh, I'm unsettled. Slides the money away, goes back to being okay. grumpy. I was weird for a second there, but that's more in character. Uh, I think Larry will shirk the rest of his duties to go hang out with Gwen. And with that, we'll hop back over to Jack. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> So Jack, as you are on this island with nothing on it but this diamond that kind of keeps changing perspective as you look at it, go ahead and roll either Insight or Arcana. Ooh, that is a 19. With a 19, you can tell that the way that this is kind of shimmering and shaking, it's showing you the image of another one of these islands. And you would be able to basically pass through its surface. As you kind of like bring a hand down to it, it starts oh. to pass through the diamond. And I walk along it and try to see if there's different pathways or if I can see that Larry or someone else is on a specific island. What I'll say, because you rolled so high with your initial check, as you're kind of walking around it, this diamond has four faces, one to the north, one to the south, one to the east, and one to the west, and each one shows you a different isolated island, and you don't see anybody else on them. Do I see one that has the jewel or the diamond that was described to me that could cure myself and Larry from that fever? All of the others look identical to this one. None of them quite feel like they would have that kind of power to them. Well, then I'm going to walk to the backside on the south side of it, push my way through. Okay. And as you bring your hands into the diamond, you find them popping out on another much larger island. <laughs> oh. The quartz, it turns a bit more volcanic. And as you're looking around, you start to see the world morphing and changing a little bit as you're stepping through, and you're seeing some walls form up around you as you are entering into someone else's dream. Roll perception. <laughs> <laughs> that was a laugh. Uh, 
Can I perceive that that was very uncomfortable? <laughs> very much. Uh, that's that's a four. Oh no! With a four, as the walls are kind of melding up around you, almost like corrupted data in a computer, they are glitching in and out of existence. I'm going to be running my hand along it to see like how it affects it, just lightly touching it or at least getting close to it. You clip through the wall. Oh. <laughs> Scary smod. You can see vaguely what appears to be a castle interior. You do hear very faintly a shakier voice that you can't really make out most of the words to except um, nearly complete <laughs> and um, you hear that laughter kind of reverberate around you and kind of glitch in and out and you see the image of what appears to be Rainer very briefly before the whole thing kind of snuffs out <laughs> I'm gonna call out to the witch and just say Sticker X, are you there? Hey, you are not friends with... I work so damn hard for that friendship. I don't even know if you guys are friends. And appearing on an island chained to this same floating rock, a concerningly large Sycorax looms over to you and kind of bridges the gap between the two islands, crouches down to your level, and says... I am in many places at once. <laughs> my, my, what big teeth you have. <laughs> oh, flattery will get you nowhere. That'll work better on one of my sisters. Now, what is it you want? The image that I saw, is that what's going to be happening? What you have seen is a window in my realm. You see, I see the dreams of all, including Rainer. But I will say the memory's a little hazy on that one. Something seems to be getting in the way. Hazy? What do you mean by hazy? You don't remember? There is a lot that I know, and there's a few things that I know that I don't know. And this is one that I know that I should know. I should know, but I don't know. And I don't like that I don't know. Does the words memory modification mean anything to you? Well, it certainly seems as though my memories were modified. I might be able to get them back if I gain a little more power. So please, make yourself at home in my realm. It will only benefit me all the more. That's fine, as long as you don't mind me walking and exploring a bit. And with that, I'm just going to walk off away from her. Uh, roll perception. Okay. Uh, that's a three. Uh, you take one damage. Fantastic. You'll love to see it. And we will hop back over to Phantom. Let's go! <laughs> As the world is kind of shifting around you, you seem to be in an underground building. There is a circle of hooded figures that are all kind of surrounding a little seating area. They're gathering together some materials. They're all bringing forward something to present. And you see one very shaky robed figure nervously searching for something. And at the helm, you hear the familiar voice of Boris say, All right now, Timothy, 
Make sure you bring up what you are supposed to present. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I can't find it. And he stands up and is looking around. It seems to be empty handed. And then everyone turns, points, and he says, I don't know how you expect to be a respected member of this cult if you don't even have any trousers on. <laughs> Timothy, oh no! God. And he's suddenly no. not wearing any pants. No! And everyone starts oh, laughing. Oh, Timothy! <laughs> Phantom for cruelty and, and you know, all the things <laughs> he is. Can't abide by such churlish and, like, puerile bullying so i'd like to press to digitate some pants onto oh. timothy and a really cool evil looking gemstone into his oh. hands to present all right they all stop laughing and he says oh well i here i knew i would i i i knew i would find it and and that'll show you that'll show you all that'll show each and every one of you Uh-oh. i know i'm nothing now but one of these days I'll put you all in your place. Oh, God, Timothy, no! (laughs) No! Oh, my God, I have a theory. And then the walls just kind of disappear. Phantom's eyebrows are just so raised that 180 so hard. Uh, Phantom's just going to have, like, his fingers steepled, like, huh. (laughs) Well. That that did not have the effect I was expecting. (laughs) You see, kind of looking around you, you are now back where you first set foot onto. I would like Phantom to poke just his head back through the archway that I came from so I can ask Sycorax, hey, I've got like a north, like a southwesty one, and then like a northeasty bit. Uh, which one's actually going to get me into the same location that Larry is? She says with a sly grin, there are two that will get you to Lawrence. You say a two? Which Lawrence? Oh, 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 obviously the human one that I give a shit about. You can have the wolf. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. You want to go to the West. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And then I'm going to start walking towards the West. And then I'm going to stop, walk back, poke my head out again real quick. Hey, who's Timothy? I think he's a nobody. He's just a member of the cult. There's a lot of nobodies of the cult. He's uh, kind of a short fuse on that one, huh? Yeah, I would say so. He, he seems to have very troubling dreams. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you. You're welcome. Then I'm going to go ahead and take that uh, southwest path. That was such a normal conversation. That was so good. And as you go through the southwest path, you pop into what looks like an antique shop. So, Larry, what has been the conversation that you and Gwen have been having? I feel like it probably has been a conversation that we've had many times. Just looking at the various items that have found their way on the shelves. Of course, none of these items are new. So you always kind of wonder, what's the history? So even something as simple as like a little chicken rooster salt and pepper shaker... Like, you, you you, never know, like, what hands have they passed through? Like, what has their story been? No matter how mundane a little object is in an antique store or a thrift store, you never know kind of the story that they might have. And Gwen is smiling and nodding at you while you do all the talking. <laughs> and then Larry's just kind of basking in the nice, just normal human moment 
as you are enjoying this moment, the door swings open and in walks a figure with a half mask and an opera cloak and tuxedo. This is going to hit Larry in multiple phases. The first phase is going to be, oh, my good friend. It's so good to see him. And then his face is going to drop and the color is going to kind of drain out of his face. Larry is going to realize, oh, it's the full moon. No, 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 no. And Phantom, you see Larry kind of like lock eyes with you and this horrified expression comes over his face and he's just like, no, 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 no. You, you, you can't be here. You can't. No. Briefly, Phantom's first reaction to walking in and having someone have a horrified look on their face is he is going to feel for his mask and make sure it's on. And then you just hear Larry say, you, you, you can't be here. No, t- t- tell me you're not here. This is like the third worst reception I've ever had walking <gasps> into a building, Larry. Come on. I, just, I, 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 I don't. Did. Who's the, uh, who's the bit? Um. Tell me right now, Larry, are you in danger? Is she trying to hurt you? And Phantom's going to start, like, reaching into his cloak for the gun. (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Eric, this is, this is my best friend who a a few years ago, um, died. Um, please, please tell me that you're not here for the same reason. No, I was not here for your dead friend, but it's an absolute pleasure to meet you. And I would like to walk over and extend a hand to Gwen and be like, it's so nice to meet Larry's second best friend. (laughs) (laughs) And Larry's going to be like, you're how are you here? You're alive. As you extend a hand to Gwen, it passes right through her. Oh, shit. It's another (laughs) dream. That makes sense. I I don't normally dream on full moon nights. That's why I, I didn't realize. But you're. How are you here? Oh, well, I've solved your problem. Uh, This is for, as far as I understand it, the dream realm. Ooh, and Phantom's going to do like (laughs) wiggly fingers, circling hands. Uh, Sister Sycorax, the the witch, promised that we could just put the wolf in here and we can leave that here and you and I can get out and you'll be two separate entities. Just whoop, completely disparate. That, As far as I understand, no consequences. That would be amazing. Um, yes, I, I, I'm completely for that. All right. I know, right? That's, that's fantastic news. So, uh, yeah, let's get out of here. This is a, this has been a win of a day, that's to be honest. Um, you know, I thought today was going to be a real awful day. I thought when you walked through that door that my wolf killed you, because sometimes I, I see ghosts, uh, but shoot. What a uh, 180 that's been. Um, I lead the way. I'll follow you out of here. How do we get out of here? Absolutely. Oh, and guess what? Guess what? Not only was I obviously not killed by the wolf, but I'd love to see it try now that I've got this baby and Phantom's going to like Ooh. brandish the cool it's pistol. Like, Whoa. Ooh. That, that looks way more impressive. You know what's really funny? I got this here today. It's, it's not as cool as yours. It's a little dinkier, but... Sh- Shoot! Cheers! And I want to like <laughs> clang the guns together. Boom! And I roll just a straight d twenty. Both of the guns fire oh, off. God. <laughs> Whoa. Oh shit! Um, Phantom will flinch so hard. Phantom's like, oh, oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Shit. Mine wasn't and, like, even loaded. How did that happen? Uh, let's jump back over to Invisible Man. Can I try and levitate higher on my broom to maybe see if I can? get a better vantage roll animal handling 
16. With a 16, yes. You get on your broom and you're able to bring it up about 20 feet up into the air. And as you're looking around, you can kind of see the layout of this ocean of disconnected dream islands. As you're peering out over it, you can see that way off to the south of you is a large red ruby Mm. that is taking up the entirety of one of these dream islands. You see multiple Sycoraxes that are flanking you from all sides. There is another one that appears behind you. And you see one, one to the southeast, one to the west, and one up to the north now. Oh, jeez. Okay. As they're all kind of watching you with curiosity and anticipation. I'm going to try and get over to that giant ruby. I'm going to say roll sleight of hand to maneuver your way over there. That is, ooh, 21. Ooh. With a 21 you are able to float across these islands towards that ruby. As you're passing over the void, you feel a chill reaching up as frost starts to form around the edges of your jacket and around your fingertips, but you are able to make it down to where the ruby is. And as you kind of lower down and settle in, you can feel a soothing essence coming from it. Okay, I'm going to take out my regular dagger and try and see if I can chisel off whatever I can from this thing, because as far as I'm aware, it's supposed to be what heals myself and Larry. Roll sleight of hand. Oh my god, that is uh, 25. Oh shoot. With a 25, as you start to chisel into it, it breaks away a lot more easily than you had expected, and a crack starts to run through it, (laughs) and you're about 40% of the way towards getting a piece of this, and all of the Sycoraxes sharply dart their head towards you. Uh, let's speed this up a little bit. Uh, that's 18. 18. You get about another 20% through, so you're about 60% of the way. And knowing that they are very close, I'm going to speed it up just a little bit more. All right, make another sleight of hand roll. 15. With a 15, uh, you get to 75%, oh. and another Sycorax appears at the island closest to you, and they are all starting to lean in closer and closer. Do I have enough to, like, uh, cure myself and Larry? Uh, make one more sleight of hand. Already. That is another 15. Another 15? You're about 90% of the way through. You've got uh. a chunk that is just hanging off. Come on! <laughs> Um, and they start to float up off of their perches and move towards oh, you. God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, stop it. Man, you can really use a gun. <laughs> yeah, a gun would solve this. <laughs> 100%. I'm going to shove my knife into the crack. Kind of like go for broke. Okay. Another sleight of hand roll. Come on. That is 21. 21, you are able to break off that piece. So add to your inventory the Stone of Dreaming. Ooh. All right. Get out of there. All of the Sycoraxes close in on the island around you. (laughs) So I'm going to just simply jump and hold on to the broom just in case, but I'm imagining that I'm going to be flying to the next island. Roll animal handling at disadvantage. Disadvantage? Oh, Oh my god, that is so cool. Okay, so at disadvantage, that's a 19. (gasps) Whoa! Thank the lord. (laughs) Okay. 
So you <laughs> take a flying leap off, and as five separate bony claws reach out towards you, they reach around towards where you are floating. The broom dips down sharply. They miss, and you swing up and fly away. Oh my Yay! God. I was so terrified. <laughs> I'm flying just north. As you fly towards the north, you feel the world start to shake and reverberate around you <laughs> as Sycorax begins to yell in anger. And... That gets drowned out by a wolf howl. Oh, shit. <laughs> As you pass directly over a pair of jaws that span about twice your width. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. He got bigger. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and you just barely manage to avoid the snap as the jaws of the wolf close beneath you and the broom sharply ticks up and keeps propelling itself forward. Uh, down boy. So now we will hop back to the Phantom and Wolfman. Uh, all right. So I came in through the front. I assume we can just hop on back and then I'll ask Sycorax which way is the outway. Yeah, that's sounds... She was super excited to keep the wolf. So I, this is all wins. You know, damn, you were right. We really should have went to her first. I don't know what I was thinking. It... Ah, uh, oh, that's fine. That's fine. I should have talked to the group. You know, I sort of went off on my own on that one. Whatever, whatever. All right. You go to open the door and are greeted uh -oh. by an enormous yellow oh, eye. Oh, God. Shit. I would like to close the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, uh, what's um, up? Larry, is there a back way out or Yeah, something? I think there's like a, a an employees only through the back. We just got to go through um Harold's office. That's totally fine. I'm super curious about uh, what's that way. Let's yeah, go that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. As you make your way out the back door, you two pop down to a completely different island. To your west, you can see an army of Sycoraxes crawling over this gigantic ruby, scratching away at a piece that was chiseled off and looking furious. Ah. Uh... Uh, Sycorax, I'm glad you're here. Uh... Um, I've got... A shy one with me. Uh, you all right over there? No one leaves until I get my dreamstone back. So, um, what? Who else is here? You see, flying away at high speed, the invisible man on a broomstick with two hats <laughs> and with a crystal tucked under his arm. Okay, now I know for sure it's a dream because uh, Jack is on you know a broom what? and he's got a witch hat on. Phantom's going to face directly away from Larry so that Larry can't see his face. And he's going to take off the mask and like rub his temples <laughs> so fucking hard right now. <laughs> and then put the mask back on. That, that can't be him. That's got to be... That's just silly. As he's flying away from you, you see him narrowly dodge out of the way of an enormous pair of jaws. Whoa, Nelly! And you hear a wolf howl as the disembodied specter of the wolf turns and looks back towards you. 
okay, okay. So I get it. You seem real mad. Totally understand. That guy's a dick. Um, what if you let just the two of us leave, and then you still have the stone as long as he never gets out, right? So I feel like that's fine. Uh, the, the, the wolf seems bigger than the last time I remember it. And she starts to speak and is completely drowned out by the wolf, which grows still bigger. Whoa, oh, whoa, 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 okay. Um, I didn't catch that, but I'm going to assume that's a yes, and I'm going to assume you said, get off this island, and it'll be the way out. So you saw slash heard that, Larry, yep. right? I'm going to say mm-hmm. north. Let's go. Let's go anywhere but here. As you sprint off through the north archway, you appear tumbling out of the diamond that the invisible man is en route to. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, that was convenient. Another Sycorax no. <laughs> appears to your west, and another appears to your Damn east. <laughs> uh, h- hello, ma'am. I, th- I think we're ready to go. You've got my wolf. Uh, that- that's what you wanted, right? I- I've been kind of out of the loop, but I heard you're very nice. Where's Jack? Give me my dream stone. Give her the fucking rock, Jack. Hey, finally found you guys. So uh, just a heads up, uh, we have a lot going on. So Larry, you remember that thing that we got cursed with? I, um, everything's a little bit hazy. The wolf is over there. No, no, the the fever, the 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 thing that didn't make us both feel very good. Oh, yeah, it really just kind of compounded on the the transformation symptoms. I don't have good memory of um meeting that uh, the, yeah, okay. the forest witch. N- yes, but uh, just just a heads up. Uh, I was told that the dreamstone that this one has is the thing that will heal us. So we need this, ah. and also um I hate to do this, but I didn't know how to say it. I'm going to simply give you this letter. Maybe this will kind of clear a few things up. As I'm looking at Jack, I keep casting my eyes over his shoulder as I see the silhouette of the wolf get bigger and bigger. <laughs> okay. Um. And by this point, the wolf is no longer corporeal. Uh-huh. It begins to break apart into a swirling cloud of darkness and fangs with those yellow eyes looming at the center and begins to float closer towards you. Okay, what can we do? Jack, give her the fucking rock so we can leave. She can't have this. We just have to go. And then I want to see if I can get them on the broom and then basically like we try and get out of here. This cloud begins to kind of overwhelm the island you're on. And as the multiple Sycoraxes are reaching out towards you, they get brushed aside by this bigger presence. So when I see that, is there any way that I can grab these two and then bolt off away from the wolf? If everybody wants to board the Broom of Flying. Yeah, it can only hold two mediums, right? It can carry up to 400 pounds. So, (laughs) Yeah, Jack's not that heavy, and I assume the the other two are not that heavy either. We're way too thin. (laughs) What about my pockets full of bricks? (laughs) Oh, yeah, our brick collections. As we're flying away, I'll just ask the wolf, if you're hungry, go after the witches. (laughs) Who here speaks abyssal? Uh, nope. Yeah, I do. (laughs) It's the wonderful language I just picked up. Wonderful. So, Larry and Jack, the two of you begin to hear words starting to form from the howl. 
Jordan, I will toss this over to you because I know you've been preparing something. So here's your opportunity. Yeah, I've been preparing di- <laughs> I didn't think the power dynamic was gonna be like this, but- <laughs> Yeah, same. Does the wolf know that the witch is keeping it imprisoned here? I would say yes. All right. Well, then I think in the short term, the wolf will turn around and try and eat the witch duplicates. And honestly, it's big enough now, it might try to eat some of these islands. Oh, God. So yeah, exactly that begins to happen. It starts to gobble up the islands themselves. Each of you roll insight. <sighs> 16. I got a 15. So that's 19 for me. Collectively, you all rolled high enough. Um, how do you wake up from dreams? You uh, almost die? We basically... Oh, shit. That realization comes to you as you are floating over an endless void. I, all right, uh, um, I guess Larry's just gonna f jump off the broom. I'm kind of holding on to Larry because I, I need him to read something real quick. Oh, there will be time on the other side, and I'd like to smack Jack's wrist, hopefully making him let go of Larry and then jump off myself. <laughs> as Phantom and the Wolfman jump off the broom and you start plummeting downwards, while you are staying perfectly still and in place, the world around you begins to rotate and begins to spin faster and faster as you plummet further down. And then you hit the ground and wake up. Cool. Back in the waking world, and you are on top of a pile of sand. And as you turn to look over your shoulder, you see a 30-foot-tall Sycorax. Oh! In somewhat of a distracted, trance-like state, looming over you. Okay. I'm going to jump back to Jack. So, Invisible Man, you are still on your broom in the dream world, and you can see basically the Sycorax's kind of scrambling a little bit as the wolf is beginning to devour the actual architecture of this realm. Seeing that they are gone, I'm going to try and talk to the wolf. Hell yeah. Well, goodbye forever, Jack. <laughs> om nom 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 nom. <laughs> when it makes eye contact with you, you feel kind of a presence in your mind. So you're what's been inside Larry. Yes. Interesting. Yes, my prison. And... If you get out of here, you're going to simply devour all of reality. That is what I am. I am destruction. I am entropy. I am the inevitable end of all things. Do you know how to get out of here? My plan is to consume until this wish's body cannot contain me anymore. Here's a theory that I'd like to pose to you, Wolf. If you devour everything, then what's left for you? There's nothing, right? I am the result of their being. Things to devour. I am everything I have consumed. Everything are just missing puzzle pieces of me. Waiting to be rejoined. And once I have them all, 
Let's see, here's the problem with that. If you consume everything, there will be nothing left for you to consume. So thus, you will be eating yourself into nothingness. This is what I would like to propose to you. You allow Lawrence to house you. Lawrence can possibly allow you to consume when it's necessary. That way you can have your fill. But the problem with you being loose, the problem with you escaping and there's nothing to stop you, is that all you will do is end everything. Nothing will exist anymore. You, you will not exist anymore. I am the absence of things. My end is to become everything and for everything to become nothing. I'm sure me staying here is not going to be as simple as this bitch thinks. I don't feel my time with Larry is disconnected. I feel this is a temporary separation. You and I both know that the witch cannot hold you. You are far too powerful for that. You're a god for god's sakes. So, if you could find it, just a little bit of patience. I can go over and attempt to chat with Larry and hopefully we can discover something. Something that is beneficial for you and for Larry. Something that will allow you to continue to consume and to continue to work your way to your end goals. you're willing to, is there any way that you'd be a bit more amenable to working with Larry instead of both of you working against each other? See how I understand his fears is his desperate want to hold on to the things he will inevitably lose. So when I'm in control, I seek out the things he will inevitably lose. Cause what he doesn't know is eventually he too will be consumed by a wolf. And if I consume all the things he loves and cares for, in the end he shall join them. He does not understand my perspective, but they all do in the end when they rejoin the abyss. Like I said, if you're willing to work with Larry, instead of against him. If Larry can control his desperate desire to hold on to the things he cannot learn to quell his anger and his fear, then perhaps I can quell the hunger. I am filtered 
through my hosts. My demeanor changes according to my hosts. So if Larry is calm, then you are calm. I still will hunger and consume, but it will make a difference if he can sustain that mentality. And with that, I'm just going to tell the wolf thank you and give the witch hell and just fall off my broom. That gnarly grin just grows even farther out as this wolf inevitably just keeps getting bigger. (laughs) So, Invisible Man, are you diving off the broom or are you driving the broom down? No, I just rolled off of it and just fell into the void. Okay, so you let go of the broom. No, no, I was holding onto it. You plummet downwards. I was holding onto the broom. (laughs) Too late now. I said I was holding onto it. (laughs) You plummet downwards off of the broom, and as you are falling into the void, you see the looming shadow of this wolf overtake everything. And then as you plummet further and further down, with a plop, you suddenly materialize, awake with a start, next to Larry and the Phantom on a pile of sand. Oh, son of a... Phantom is doing a cool victory, Charleston. (laughs) Just absolutely butt down. Super stoked about how well this went. And Larry's just sitting there, just kind of like stretching his hands and kind of looking at the moon like, I I think that worked. I think think it's stuck there. Larry. Yes, Jack? I need you to read the damn note. Uh, I, I, I took a glance at it. Um, do you, do you think that's relevant now? I, I think I, I feel all right. This needs to be your decision. <laughs> and I'm going to tear out another piece of paper and right. throw it your way, basically with the <laughs> terms and conditions for the wolf. And as you do, the sand beneath you shifts and spikes up to intercept, <sighs> walls you off and pushes you closer towards the looming gigantic body of Sycorax. Her eyes kind of rolled back in her head. They roll back down. She crouches down towards you. My stone. Now. Whoa, whoa, hey, 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 Sycorax, come on now. What about this? And Phantom (laughs) produces the pocket watch. What, whoa. You get the wolf, I get this charming little fella. (laughs) They get a rock, which is apparently very goddamn important to Jack. I don't know. And you get this cool magic pocket watch, which maybe will give you an edge against that wolf (laughs) that appears to be just tearing up your insides. I'm assuming that with us back in the real world, we feel like shit with a fever, right? Yep. You feel the fell feral fever beginning to kick back in again. I'm going to roll over and see if I could start messing with it to see if I can... I don't know, figure out how it works. So, you now have the Stone of Dreams. Let me roll to see how many charges it has. It has 11 charges. Damn! Okay. Now, these charges can be expended to cure a target creature of any disease. For an action, you can spend one charge to cure someone of the Fell Feral Fever. You can spend two charges to cast Remove Curse, and you can spend three charges to cast Greater Restoration. I was going to start crawling my way over to Larry and see if I can just make it work and just cure Larry. And you can do that. You spend one of its charges, it lights up, and Larry, you feel 
your health return to you as this fever gets eviscerated oh, from your system. And my throat feels better. I'm not like hot anymore. <laughs> and then as soon as I see Larry feeling good, I'm going to flop back over on my back and just have the stone land on my chest and then do the same thing. Okay, so you spend a charge. You are no longer under the fell feral fever. And Sycorax pushes away the pocket watch from you, Phantom. And she says, The watch is not so consequential anymore. Give me my stone. Oh, God. I'm looking for my broom now. And as you're looking around, you cannot find your broom. I was holding that mother. <laughs> okay. Jack, give her the fucking rock. How about that, huh? Yeah, d- do we need it anymore? Jack, I see a turn order show up. Jack. <laughs> Where is Emotep and Frankenstein? And then oh I'll my God, give are you they the okay? stone. The last time you saw them, were they okay? I, I know what I told Mary. They were fine. <sighs> they are not my concern. And I'm done playing nice. And she will cast at fourth level. No. Hold person. So all three of you. Make a wisdom saving throw. I would like to throw out there that I'm trying so oh, hard. Nat 20! Hey. To just do what she asks. I got a natural 20. Larry's feeling real good. Hell yeah. That's not bad. I got 18. Only 10. So Phantom, the sand pulls you down into the ground. Oh shit. And has you physically restrained. The other two, you manage to jump away as it separates. All right. And everyone roll initiative. God damn it. Nat 20, baby. I got that Ben energy. That Benergy. That Benergy. <laughs> 17. I think that's a 12 for me. Larry, you will go first. Oh, crap. That means I got to have a plan. Um. I have perhaps the worst plan I've ever had in the history of man. Thrilled. So I hope you all are ready. I'm hoping desperately that Sycorax's being sick of playing nice only applies to the two people who have been actual thorns in her side. Because <laughs> I have one last thing to attempt to negotiate with. Well, do I get a card of the day? I'm awake now. What was your card of the day before you transformed? Judgment? Just continue using that one. Okay. I'm going to cast the Bane right off the bat. Charisma saving throw. And that's a 13. <laughs> DC is 14. Larry's feeling real good. Made that save. Just threw out a... Wait, Dan, can I cast spells? You still feel the magic coming. Okay. Oh, the fact that it worked makes me a little upset. Jack, do you have my cane still? Or do you even... Who has my cane? I don't know if I know that. Jack, who has my cane? You'll probably see it hanging off his belt. Yeah, can I have that back? <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. He feels good. Larry feels good. Feels like a million bucks. And you know what? So do you too, Jack, for wearing that hat. Yeah! Still want my damn broom. <laughs> Phantom, it is your turn. Sycorax! Sycorax! Come on! Baby. Come on! After all of our history, <laughs> I, I think you're throwing a bit of a tantrum. Uh, how about this? I recently came into some pretty phenomenal arcane knowledge, if I do say so myself. And I can now guarantee success against the will of the fates. What if I make a deal for any one of your checks to pass and I'll take the cost myself? Oh my god. Whoa. Oh. What? Oh, that's interesting. 
All you gotta do is let us go, huh? We can all be friends. I'm gonna just do a straight roll for that to see how she wow. responds. I don't like it. Are you making a devil's bargain with this witch right now? Give me evidence and I'll consider it. All right. A demonstration, then. <laughs> no, no. I would like to just bust right out of the holding. Okay, Ooh. and you're making a devil's bargain to do so? Yeah. Osmodeus, instead of even rolling the first time, just let me on out of here. You feel an infernal heat rise around you as the power of the devil lord Asmodeus sinks in around you. The sand melts into glass and then shatters away and you are free. Whoa. So it'll go a little something like that. Interesting. And now it is her turn. But I think I've had enough meddling with the gods for one day. But I am intrigued by your use of magic and want to see it continue. And she casts Bestow Curse on you, Phantom. Make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, I'm so wise. Wise old spirit you are. <laughs> okay, so it was a three. <laughs> oh, at least it wasn't a one. Hey, Asmodeus, you want this one? <laughs> you are now cursed. Every single turn, you have to cast a spell or a cantrip, bar none. Every time you don't, you will take damage for not doing so. Okay. Going out of this combat, every single sentence you speak, you have to cast a spell or cantrip to go along with it every time okay. you open your mouth. I'm a big fucking fan, actually. <laughs> hey, Phantom, we got the Stone of Dreams. You want to take the curse off? No, I'm good. Also, here's a rock that I just made. <laughs> awesome. So now it is Invisible Man's turn. God damn it. We're going to run towards Phantom use the stone to remove curse. Aw, boo. And then just <laughs> run past him, like my full movement. Cool, so that is an action and a charge. Oh, actually that is two charges, so it's down to seven. Mm. And I'm assuming if we get cursed again, because I'm assuming we're probably mm -hmm. gonna end up fighting the other witches too, mm -hmm. which is why I don't want to keep it around. That's why I'm trying not to give it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, is this, was there, rubble anywhere that I could hide? The remains of where there once was a stone house. You can hide behind some of the stones. Now it is Larry's turn. Alright. Larry's coming to a very sad realization that he still has his magic, and he's going to attack with lightning lure. Um, that was a nat one. <laughs> so you're not that magical, Ben. <laughs> As you cast your lightning lure, you kind of overextend yourself and the lightning fries the sand around you, God damn solidifying it. <laughs> it into glass and holding you in place. No! Well, I move. Well, that's a pickle. I'm the only one stuck, right? Yes. Okay. How hard would it be to break myself out of the glass with my cane in hand? That'd be difficult. Uh, not very difficult. Not Okay. Because I was going to use gaseous form, but that is a spell spell, and I don't want to use it. So I think I'm going to take my action to try and break the glass around my feet. Okay, so go ahead and roll a quarterstaff attack. Okay. Roll to hit or just damage? Just straight damage. Just damage? Okay. God damn it. It's a one plus one, two. Uh, so you managed to crack the glass, but it still has a hold on your feet. 
All right. Yep. Just swinging away. Crunch, crunch. And that's very strong. Now it is Phantom's turn. I would like to press the digitate a believable replica of the Stone of Dreams. Nice. My classic move. <laughs> Roll performance. Oh, oh. Oh, um, 22. Whoa. Oh my God. I had another plan, but yes, if that works. And as you press to digitate and pop into your hands, a believable replica of the Stone of Dreams, you hold it up for Sycorax to see, and you feel an infernal flame burn it away. Oh my God. As that 22 becomes <laughs> <No>! a one. <laughs> uh, I was actually fully prepared for this, and I'm curious if I can cheese the system. Oh my god. <laughs> Go on. Inspiration. Wow. Damn. Oh, you're burning your inspiration? Post one. Yeah, I hated it. That's some big brain moves right there. Assuming it works. If the one transcends, then that's fine. The one transcends. Damn it all. <laughs> all right. Does Sycorax believe that the Stone of Dreams is just now destroyed? No, she sees through that it was an illusion. Fuck. Damn it. All right. <laughs> My realm is that of dreams and visions and hallucinations. It will take more than petty parlor tricks to pull an illusion on me. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Whoopsie daisies. <laughs> Phantom, Phantom, over here. Over here. <laughs> oh, crap. I'm all alone, stuck in some glass then. For Sycorax's turn, she is going to make a claw attack at Larry. Howdy. How's it going? It was going good. Now it's going bad again. How's your day going? And that is a 19. That hits. Ouch. And that does seven damage. Oh, oof. All right. Okay. And that ends her turn. So now it is Invisible Man's turn. I'm going to, again, show Phantom the ruby. And if he wants to try it again, by all means, but I am not giving you the ruby. I'm going to try and lure Sycorax to the south. I'm going to take off my witch's hat and just throw it at Phantom. I don't know what the hat does. As Jack throws this hat at you, you get this gaudy looking witch's hat that says Obakalp on it. And you notice it's inside out. Huh. The fuck? What's that backwards? And as you turn it right side up, the backwards text that said Obakalp Reveals itself to say placebo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that tracks. Amazing. So, Larry, it is your turn, and you start to feel your skin get a little bit warm. Oh, shoot. All right. As I feel the heat start to rise and that force start to build, I try and expel it out a little bit with an Eldritch Blast. Okay, go ahead and roll to hit. That's an 18. And an 18 hits. Thank the Lord. Okay. So that will be six damage, I believe. Ah, two beams. So I think I roll again for the second beam. You do. 15. Does that hit? 15 does not hit. Okay. Can I try and strike at the glass again? Sure. Go for it. Five. The glass shatters and you are free. All right. Run! <laughs> Feeling myself get a little bit hotter. I'm going to back up a little bit, but still, like, try and stay in front of Sycorax. Okay, so now it is Phantom's turn. All right, I'm not a fool. I know that I can't just try the exact same thing again while Sycorax is aware that I have tried to deceive her. So, she will not be aware that I tried to deceive her. 
<laughs> I would like to digitate the lilting notes of the Deus Irae. <gasps> Woo! All right, roll performance with advantage. Let's see if we can just wipe that shit right out. 18. With an 18, you replicate the melody of the False Hydra, and the Deus Irae sinks in, and for a brief moment, she seems to pause in place as her eyes kind of glaze over momentarily. At the end of your turn, she will be back in consciousness. Phenomenal. Now I will press to digitate a cool new ruby. Awesome. Okay, roll performance. 25. Oh, thank God. 25? That's gonna do it. Woo! So... Her eyes kind of roll back forward and she shakes off, looks a little bit stunned, looks down at you with the dreamstone, and makes a swipe at you to try to get it back. So she will make a claw attack. 14. Ooh. Ooh. Is this the first time my DC... Oh, no, God. My armor class is 11. Yeah, that's going to go ahead and just... (laughs) (laughs) I feel that real hard. (laughs) Four damage. Sweet. I'm very alive. Does that mean, though, that she takes it if she was swiping for it? Yes. So she has in her clutches this fake ruby. So now it is the invisible man's turn. Do I see anything like whether she feels like she's victorious and she's got her stone back? Roll insight. I wish there was more things I could investigate. (laughs) Well, we're a little pressed for time just right this second, Jack. You know what happens? Yeah, that's a six. With a six, meow looks like there's no consequences whatsoever for that course of action. Oh, shit. (laughs) I'm, God, I feel like shit right now, but seeing that, I'm going to hide over by this stump and have the uh, stone in my palm and ready, but it's hiding behind my back. And I would like to hold an action for if she starts to charge them, then I want to hold up the stone and then lure her down. Ooh. All right. When you make that course of action, you will roll performance to try to get her attention. And if you succeed, then she will change course and go after you. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so now it is the Wolfman's turn and you feel the sweat starting to kick in. Damn it. Um, Eric, I... I don't think the dream realm worked. I can feel it's coming back on. I think I have a plan, but I need you to get Jack as far away from here as possible. And I'm going to, thinking about Jack's letter, um, I'm going to see if I can stop her. If you're sure. We got a little bit of time, but I'd consider making your way out. Sorry, Larry. You know what? We've got two other witches uh, that we can try. Uh, too bad this one was a bust, but um, there's still hope. Well, we may or may not have pissed off all the... No, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll ask you about that later. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to try my lightning lure again, because that one's just a little spicier than my Eldritch Blast at the moment, but I'm going to get a little closer to her and roll the hit. That's an 18. And an 18 hits. So I take out my lightning whip. I swipe it around a few times and then I hit her with eight damage. And I just, I slow breathe and I, and I get ready. And I just think to myself, okay, big boy, let's see if I can make you work for me this time. If that ends your turn, then it is the phantom's turn. I will, of course, honor and respect Larry's wishes. Is a dash action just your movement again? Yes. So that's 60. Cool. Uh, Yeah, I'll fucking absolutely book it. 
So now it is Sycorax's turn, and she, examining this dreamstone, feels none of the magical energy that should be coming out Fuck. of it. Damn it. That's all right. Eyes on and me, Sycorax. she will crush it beneath her claw and, in anger, turn towards where she is lassoed. I do the little dance move where you, like, hook them with a fishing line and then just mime pull them over, but with my lasso. And I assume she does the dance move where, like, with her hips, she, like, hops, yeah. you know, closer. <laughs> she, like, shimmies and hops. Oh. Come on over. Come on over, baby. Okay, give me one moment. Just pulling up a song, right? Yeah, just pulling mm-hmm, up a song. Mm-hmm. A song called Ray of Sickness. And that's a 15. Okay, that hits. When you're done with this, I'm going to Hellish Rebuke. Now, now, hold on just a ding dang minute. Mm-hmm. Silvery bars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yes. Silvery barbs it is. And that's a 12. Still hits, unfortunately. What the hell is your AC? 11? The same as yours? <laughs> we are both very weak. Well, since I know that you're in the thick of it, you get the advantage awesome, boost. thank you. And that does six damage. Six damage to me. That's not bad. And then I'm going to look at her as the werewolf is boiling up. Larry's eyes go that yellow as he makes eye contact with Sycorax and she's surrounded by flames. Three. <laughs> oh. Hell yeah. Okay. This is going to be spicy. Let's go. Because on base, it takes 2d10 fire damage, and I'm casting at level 3. So I think that's 4d10. Oh, shit. Oh. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. That is 20 damage as flames erupt and envelop around her. All right. I'm not playing around anymore. Spicy, spicy comeback. <laughs> I'm feeling real spicy right now, Sycorax. It's you and me. I might have underestimated you. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I admire that you know your limitations. Most people think a little bit too highly of their skills, and you seem to have an accurate read. Not that long ago, a friend of mine said something very similar and, uh, feeling a little conflicted. You need better friends. Ah. Uh, Phantom just puts his arms out like, what the hell? I know, Jack's gonna pop his head up and be like, uh, hello. Oh, hi, I see you hiding over there. Case in point, you need better friends. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I like them well enough to protect them from you, so take that as you will. So now it is Invisible Man's turn. Jack is going to get 40 feet closer and just hide in the grass. <laughs> like a full-on ghillie suit? <laughs> Basically, like little pieces of grass in the uh, fucking ribbon of the hat that goes around. <laughs> he just buries himself. Okay. So now, Larry, it is your turn. The transformation happens now. Oh, shoot. All right. It hits like a train, and Larry just yelps out in pain as his body's like thrashed and cracking and twisting as he's just erupting back into this horrible malformed dog creature. Our buddy's back. All right. Switching character sheets. Now, does this mean that Sycorax is going to go down to being like five feet tall and is about to get fucking mauled? (laughs) Perhaps perchance. Yes, Sycorax immediately (laughs) shrinks. Wolf is going to step back a couple feet, get down on his haunches, 
and then lunge forward. 18. 18 hits. So that's 11 damage plus an additional 2d4 plus seven more damage. And then the second attack is going to be a bite. Ooh, that is a 24. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just a little bit. Uh, This is so much more fun when I'm not hitting my friends. So that bite's just going to be a six. And then I'm going to run off into the distance real quick. Can I hide? Roll stealth. All right. It's just a 15. A 15 will do it. So I claw, I claw, I bite, and then I sprint off into the shrubbery. So now it is Phantom's turn. Oh, God. All right, here we go. So Phantom is going to create an invisible servant. (laughs) From now on, his name is Gary the Sniper. (laughs) (laughs) Phantom puts the gun into Gary the Sniper's very capable existence form. He's going to hold the action, shoot whatever runs at the Phantom. Okay, excellent. And Phantom's going to walk out to the middle. As you hand the gun... (laughs) over to your unseen (laughs) servant. It starts to shift in appearance and wavers back and forth between a prop gun with an orange tip to indicate that it is safe for use on stage. Awesome. And an actual fucking (laughs) block. Well, we will see uh, what form it takes when I desperately need someone to save me. All right. So, Sycorax, reeling from the attack with that werewolf, wanting to level the playing field a little bit, she will cast on oh, Phantom... Oh my god. Phantasmal Killer. Oh. Roll a wisdom save. 13. A 13's not going to do it. So, I will let you flavor this. Oh shit. You tap into the nightmares of a creature you see within range and create an illusory manifestation of their deepest fears. Visible only to that creature. Jack naked. On a failed save, the target becomes frightened for the duration. At the end of each of the target's next turns before the spell ends, the target must succeed on a wisdom save or take a hell of a lot of psychic damage. So it's not that bad yet. Oh, well, I think you know what I have to see. (laughs) Your boy. My boy Raul's coming at me. (laughs) I'm so curious what Raul's even doing. Is he just coming at you yeah i, I want to say that i see him as far enough away that he's just like mm-hmm. at least at this stage in it approaching me if it gets to psychic oh, damage damn. i want that to be i'm getting stabbed again by raul like in monty python he is running towards you and every time you look away and look back he's the exact <laughs> same amount of distance for now for now that's scary okay oh uh, she is also going to not stay in the same spot fair I'm going to have her run in the direction of Phantom to try to get away from the wolf. Oh, she's fast. I do believe that is my Gary trigger face. <laughs> Roll your stats for a crossbow attack. Cool. Okay. Uh, that will be 22. That hits. So uh, that gun is going to fire out and shoot a bullet <laughs> at this witch. <laughs> Those are words I never thought I'd hear. And it's going to deal 19 damage. Gary the sniper. (laughs) And that's going to end her turn. So now it is the invisible man's turn. For flavor, I would like to say that I'm even more scared of Raul now, because as far as I know, he triggered Gary the sniper, got straight up shot and was unaffected. (laughs) (laughs) 
terrifying <laughs> The witch, what is she wearing? Ooh, Jack. <laughs> I have a plan. I love your blouse. She is basically wearing a gray shawl and some light robes. If I can, I'd like to do a sleight of hand check and just dig my short sword into the fabric and the log so she's pinned there. Okay. I'm going to treat this as a grapple. Roll dexterity opposed to her strength. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so that was a nat 20. <laughs> yeah! So I'll say that works and does a little bit of damage to oh her. Oh my god. So basically make a dagger attack. We're kind of clapping this witch, I'm not going to lie. I know. Why did we right? do the nice play? We should have just come Guns in. Guns blasted. <laughs> Five damage. Okay. While I'm doing that, I'm going to say in Abyssal, time for some snackies. <laughs> I'm going to run over to the end of that log and then hide in this area. Okay. So you run down to the other end of the log. Hide back in the grass, get your ghillie suit back on. Mm -hmm. Okay, now it is the wolfman's turn. So the wolf, yellow eyes ablazing, going to come barreling straight at the phantom and then quickly turn and slam into Sister Sycorax. 18 plus 6, so pretty sure that hits. That, yeah, that super hits. And I'll give you the total in the end to hand when I'm done with this nonsense. So from my first attack, uh, that's going to be 23. Describe how you kill oh. <laughs> Sister Sycorax. How I absolutely obliterate. All right, so... I'm not uh, going to lie, you dealt exactly her remaining HP. Oh Perfect! Yes! All right, so Jack is going to watch horrifying thing go down, so... You watch the wolf just slam into Sycorax and just, like, claw and scratch her to pieces, absolutely shredding her. And then he's going to clamp down on her head. And you hear kind of in the air through the abyssal speech stack of... And he's going to just rip off her head and start just chowing down until it's nothing more than just scraps on the ground. And then he's going to kind of take a little look around. <laughs> After you chow down the last of Sister Sycorax, something catches in the wolf's throat and he kind of coughs a little bit and then spits up a broom of flying. <laughs> 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 I don't think there's anything else I can do right now except reactions. So that's my turn. So now it is Phantom's turn. Make a wisdom save. Gotcha. All right, let's save it. <laughs> Please run. Everyone run. Oh my god. Nat 20. <gasps> Yay! I just remembered that canonically Raul doesn't kill me, so. <laughs> so now you're no longer afraid. <laughs> Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> so Raul, in his loop of running the same distance, finally breaks out of that and runs towards you, and it's his understudy. Oh, get out of here. Fuck <laughs> off. I imagine it's like the space balls, like really not even close. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I'll do my distance, and that should put me close enough to pick up 
my gun from Gary the Sniper. Now it is a prop gun. Oh. Oh, was it powered by Sycorax? Yep. Nice. He's now Percy the Pet Guy. Oh. So Phantom will start chanting a tiny hut, and Percy the Pet Guy is going to soothingly pet the wolf. Oh. Uh, Roll animal handling on his behalf. Oh my god. You gave me a magical gift. That's the second nat 20. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Right when you need it. Smodeus was impatient. Can you imagine all these nat 1 chances? <laughs> <laughs> so Percy the pet guy, as he is soothing the wolf man, the werewolf is distracted and calmed by this unseen servant's unseen pets and kind of scratches mm-hmm. like right at the back of the neck and gets the good spot. Yeah. Oh, that's the spot. His little like foot just kind of thunk, 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 thunk. <laughs> and you know what? What a perfect person to interact with the wolf. He has no mass. He's not edible. As the wolf is distracted, Maleva makes her way in, sees the carnage that has gone on, and shakily runs towards the wolf, who was fully distracted by Percy the pet guy. <laughs> With a pained and kind of saddened expression on her face, she lays a hand on the wolf's back and says, The way you walked was thorny, through no fault of your own. But as the rain enters the soil, and the river enters the sea, so tears run to a predestined end. And the wolf falls asleep, collapses down, and very slowly transitions back into an unconscious Larry. Before the wolf's eyes fully close, in the ethereal abyss that you're able to hear, Jack, you hear a different voice come from the wolf and just say, Mother, as then the wolf falls asleep and transforms back. You don't recognize this voice, though. It was that easy? God, tell us how you did it. <laughs> it is no easy feat. Oh, so and- it's a feat. That's all we got to learn. Gotta learn that feat. Yeah. The moon is waning. Lawrence will be all right. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to make preparations for the next moon. Keep Lawrence safe. Kind of seems like you've got a sick little chant. You want to prep one of us who's, I don't know, around and looks like they're not going to die in the next 20 minutes, old lady. (laughs) You humor me, dramatist. The hermit, as it were. I cannot pass along this information that I have, but I will do what I can to give you the resources to keep Lawrence safe. Look out, our spooky invisible guy's behind you. Ah! Oh my god! Yeah, he does that. <laughs> we are the outcasts, the misfits you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste For the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid We know it's awful, dreadful, but we like it Just another haunted night, shrouded with unearthly fright So when you're oh so terrified, you know who to call The world is falling apart, we'll never take it to heart Monsters and creatures and spirits and specters and all Let's all have a ball
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dean Dark, created, hosted, and edited by myself, Danger Dan Jers, with artwork by Jordan Nelson. Our merch giveaway is still ongoing from now until Thursday, April 13th, 2023, so be sure to submit while you still got a chance. Dean Dark's cast for this episode was Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, and Aaron Caulfield as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni, recorded at True North Studios, Las Vegas. Additional music this episode was provided by John Stoic Dream Venturer and Braxton Cheney. Listen to new episodes of D&D Dark Wednesdays, anywhere you find podcasts. What the fuck? <laughs> like, should have picked a character that canonically got a gun, Grayson. Well, now you have motivation to be like, damn it, I want a gun. Well, I need a workstation, <laughs> like a lab. <laughs> you just came from your lab. See, ah, uh, you missed it. <laughs> I, I, I missed my shot. Dang it, but I don't intend to abuse this for combat reasons, but I cannot <laughs> wait to draw on everyone who does not like my jokes or who <laughs> teases me. <game. laughs>